0: Hi, welcome to What are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. In this episode of What are the Tax Implications? We'll be discussing the following topics. The responsible person. Yes, there could be a person other than the taxpayer who is responsible to pay the taxes. Also, we'll be talking about currently not collectible when the taxpayer just does not have the money, they do not have the wherewithal to pay their tax liability. And what are the tax implications? Lastly, the dynasty trust where family wealth can be passed on generation after generation after generation.
1: Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board-certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website, FirstcallTaxadvocates.com. That's FirstcallTaxAdvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll-free at 833 568 8999 That's 833. 833- 5688999 nine, nine. The
0: topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional tax law is always evolving, and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Our first topic today comes from caller Gladys from Gloucester, and Gladys, Jeff, let me tell you, she is upset. She's really, really worried. Let me give you a little backstory on Gladys. So Gladys is the bookkeeper uh, for a small business owner, and she pretty much does everything. She does. Uh, payroll. She does bookkeeping. She provides all of the numbers that need to go to the tax preparation firm. Anytime she gets a phone call that is related to the management of the business, she is the go-to person. She kind of knows the nuts and bolts of the business, Jeff. And she's been receiving letters uh, from the IRS about um, back taxes. She's actually allowed to open up the letters that are addressed to the business owner and look at the detail. And she has told her boss repeatedly that the IRS needs something from him, money or you know a response. And she's been diligent in giving these letters to her boss. and her boss says, I'll take care of it. And what changed? Well, Gladys received a letter. From the IRS with the address of the business, but it was addressed to her, to Gladys, not her boss. Gladys opened the letter thinking it might just be a typo. And she was rather frightened with uh, the, the language that the IRS used as they addressed her. So she seems to be the responsible person, allegedly, in this case, Jeff.
2: Could that be? Oh, it could be Uh, from our point of view in terms of representation. We want to get her declared not the responsible person, but because she was the go to gal Friday who did everything and everybody said go to Gladys. That's where the government went. The government went to
0: Gladys. Oh, boy. So she did her job so well in informing those uh, outside of the business of what her role was. Um, that she was then kind of pointed at for like, okay, Gladys, take care of this.
2: So the IRS has somehow created this concept called the responsible person. And in this particular context, we're going to be talking about payroll taxes that didn't get paid. Uh, The responsible person would then be responsible for the trust fund recovery penalty, which is 100% of the uh, Social Security taxes. Um, the IRS would arbitrarily go to the owners. They'll go to the bookkeepers. They'll go to whoever it was who was signing tax returns, writing checks, um, doing those things. And if you're just administrative but you don't have signature authority, then that's your way out. But you need a defense to, to challenge the government's position.
0: Well, Gladys is very concerned that she is going to be responsible for some pretty big number that she said. And uh, could, could it be that that she ultimately could be found to be responsible and the taxpayer, the business owner can kind of like walk away with, hey, I don't have to pay. She does. Could that happen?
2: So unfortunately, I'm going to take a big deep breath and sigh here. Yes, it can happen. That's why Gladys needs an aggressive defense that Gladys did do all of those things, but Gladys didn't have check-writing authority. And even if she had check-writing authority, she could only use it when she was specifically instructed to. Gladys, write a check for so-and-so. Without all of those factors, Gladys would then have a defense to challenge the responsible person title and designation, and so she would not be the responsible person. But she needs a vigorous defense.
0: Well, it sounds to me, Jeff, like we need to find the irresponsible person, right? Because this this is just, oh, man, life's not fair. Fair. So, <laughs> Who said it was fair? <laughs> I, the government uh, wants understand. their money. <laughs> yeah. So, so Gladys, um, I... I hope that this situation works out so that you are deemed not responsible. And I hope that the um, the business owner uh, takes responsibility here and you are left unharmed. I don't know, though, if you're going to still be employed. This could be a little tricky. Right. Anyway, Gladys, good luck. Our next caller is Hank from Harrisburg. Hank has a tough situation, Jeff. He has a pretty big tax liability, but he had a job and he was hoping to uh, agree with the IRS on an installment payment arrangement. But then he was laid off from his job and he can't make those payments because he doesn't have enough money because he doesn't currently have income because of the pandemic. So he did want to go down one path We have to figure out a possible path for him. And today we'll be talking about CNC, currently not collectible. So Jeff, is that an option for our friend, Hank? It's an excellent option uh, available. There are a lot of tools in the
2: tool basket. That's one of them. He was making his installment payments, and then things got worse, and then he couldn't make payments anymore. And Hank was smart enough not to ignore the notices or the situation, but to call for help. So um, qualified tax pros would then get busy talking with the collection division of the Internal Revenue and um, would try and find some way to mitigate the
0: situation. So it sounds like some proof of the inability to pay is needed.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, Hank, we're going to have to do a financial statement. Those are in the 433 series. There's a whole bunch of those. Um, we would then have to show your income, your assets, what you have in savings, what you have in your retirement plans, what you have in, in uh, other money available to you. Uh, and zero is an acceptable answer, if that's the case. Uh, and we've then presented to the government that despite your best efforts, you just can't pay.
0: Hank is keeping up with his bills because— He did have some savings. He has learned a great deal about what he can and can't do with stimulus money and loans and um, other opportunities afforded by the government regarding this matter. But it's gotten to the point now that he's concerned. He doesn't know when he's going to go back to work. So can't he just hold out and maybe get back to the installment payment arrangement, or does he have to go CNC? Any other options?
2: Well, he can borrow money from relatives. There are a lot of things he can do. Uh, The first good thing is that Hank is considering it, and he's asking a lot of questions. So Hank is just not ignoring the situation with his head buried in the sand. Um, The typical position of the government— up until recently was that they didn't like that you were paying every other bill and not paying them. But along the way with court challenges, there came a concept that you were entitled to reasonable living expenses and then pay the government. So they're not looking for you to not pay your food or your medical or your rent or your light bill, uh, but they want to be considered with whatever money's left over. So that needs to be... Uh, presented to them in a format that they can accept and tolerate and understand.
0: Hank has another concern, though. He's thinking because he's thinking about buying a house when they kind of get back on their feet here or it's really a second home and he's going to want to take out a mortgage can currently not collectible impact his FICO score or credit worthiness.
2: Probably not, depending upon the amount of money. Um, if the amount is a large amount, the government can and will file a lien, and the lien can affect your FICO score. But frankly, if you don't have income because you're just not working, how in the world are you buying another house? But all of those things being said, um the government wants to help you get back into compliance. So they, um, they will have the door open to a credible argument uh, with documentation that you can't pay your current bills uh, and that they'll suspend your tax bill. Now, what exactly does that mean? They'll suspend enforcement of collection the meter is still running, their interest and penalties still accruing. And it's just like a taxi stuck in traffic, that bill is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, so, you know, CNC is a, um, a temporary island until you get a better situation, hopefully you will. Um, and uh, if you don't find a better situation, then we would have to try and find other ways to mitigate this.
0: So Hank, it's great that you still have those goals in mind of what you want to do. It's great being optimistic about it. And you're smart in trying to learn, you know, what options that you have. Hopefully you'll get back to work. You'll be able to pay your tax liability. You can move forward with attaining your goals and dreams. Good luck, Hank.
1: Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders, board-certified professionals, over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833 833- And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter.
0: Our next caller is Blaine from Bismarck. And Blaine is a member of a very, very wealthy family. Uh, Last name withheld Jeff for uh, purposes of anonymity. But Blaine is uh, the great-great-grandson of a very, very wealthy person who established something many years ago in trust, and it's actually a dynasty trust. And Blaine is an income beneficiary, so he's able to receive his share of the income. But Blaine wants more, Jeff. Don't yeah. we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? <laughs> um, so, so this dynasty trust is designed to pay out to those people who are alive and in the family, uh, the the grandparents, to the parents, to the children, to the grandchildren, to the great grandchildren.
2: So, what options does Blaine have? How
0: does he? How does he get more money out of this trust? Hmm. In order for him to get more. Um, he would have to have one of his relatives die and then not another relative born. I mean, this is an, an in-perpetuity kind of thing with with people coming into the family, being born, uh, people dying, leaving the family. They kind of reset the percentages of who gets what. But that's
2: not something you can easily plan on somebody dying unless you kill them, or, or yeah. of, a, of somebody else coming into the family. How does this work? What other choices are there? Well,
0: let's kind of get a better understanding of what a dynasty trust is. So the dynasty trust, uh, it has got there's a lot of rules, and there are certain states that it's better to set up a dynasty trust because of the rule against perpetuities, or the rule for perpetuities, I should say. Certain states allow- What does that mean? They allow for the trust to never vest, meaning that the trust is never going to terminate unless the last living person in the family has died, and then it will vest with that within that person's estate. So the idea is to just keep having kids and grandkids, etc. cetera. Certain states allow for this to go on in perpetuity. Other states, though... Limit the number of years. The rule of perpetuity means that no interest is good unless it vests, if at all. Not later than 21 years after some life in being at the creation of the interest.
2: I could see many of our listeners being totally confused and
0: not understanding any of that. I understand too, but blame is in the a family that established a dynasty trust and is receiving income. And there are plenty of people out there who are receiving income from trusts and they don't understand, you know, what to do, how, how do they get more and what are the tax implications? So if you're receiving income from a trust and it's from a, one of these things called a dynasty trust, that's going to live on forever. It may never pay out to you, Blaine, but... Jeff, does Blaine have to pay taxes on that income? Not unless he receives it. He has to receive that money, right? And it turns out that Blaine is receiving that money, and he's claiming on his taxes, and his relatives are doing the same thing. So Blaine is in compliance. We just wanted to make sure that it was understood that these trusts exist. They're very interesting because... Blaine wants to create his own trust. That is the crux of the matter, Jeff. He wants to take this thing and create his own branch. Um, Starting a dynasty trust, not a difficult thing to do. You just have have to have the wealth. And if he starts this dynasty trust where his generations afterward could benefit, good, wonderful. Sounds great, Blaine. Again, though know the rules in your state. There are certain states that allow for this thing to go on forever and certain states that are limited. Good luck, blame. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll-free at
2: 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999. And visit our website at firstcalltaxadvocates.com.
0: We'd love to know what you've learned today. So please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we want to help everyone if we can. In our next episode of What are the Tax Implications? We'll be discussing the following topics. Moving expenses. Are they deductible? If I have to move because my employer has said, hey, we're moving. We'd love to have you come along. And what are the tax implications? Penalties. Failure to file. Failure to pay. And lastly, the probate process. The orderly transfer where property is retitled with help from the court.